there she is. She's back there. We're thinking about naming this one Sister Vonnie because she kind of looks like her, which would make this Pastor Gary, so. With, with hair. All right. I got several announcements, so we're, we're going to get into it. Um, we have Kids Crusade coming up. Now, some of you remember last year, our kids, our youth, actually, uh, we traveled to other churches, and we put on Kids Crusades for those churches to minister to children. And we're doing that again this year. We had, uh, we've actually had a couple churches say, we want you all to come that, that we didn't get to go to last year. And so we're excited about it. Um, but we have our first church that we're doing it at is right here in Lone Grove, Oklahoma. And it happens to be this church. So, uh, and that's coming up June 6th, 7th, and 8th in the evening at 7 o'clock or 6, 6 to 8. And so uh, there are some flyers out there. And so if y'all will take some and hang them up and put them out and hand them to kids. Uh, you know, I always say this, when you drive down the street and them kids are out there playing in the mud puddle slinging mud at you, stop and invite them to Kids Crusade. They might get saved and quit throwing mud at you. Hey, you know. And so, but, but we're excited about it. We've, we've, these are actually a couple new puppets that we bought for this year. Uh, some of our puppets were getting worn out, so we bought some new ones, and, and we're excited about what God has done last year and what he's going to do this year. We saw, several, well, many kids get saved last year. You know, kids will get saved every time you ask them. But you just never know that one time when that one kid says it and then sticks to it and, and they remember it and, and it you know they may not go to church for another four or five years but they always remember that time that they was at kids crusade and what they learned about jesus and it, and it stays in their heart because the bible says train up a kid in the way that's right and they want to part david said i work that word if i hid my heart and so we put this word out there and some of the kids take it and it goes in their heart and they remember it and so um, so that's what we're doing it for. It's also an opportunity for our students to go and minister and be a part of this. And so we're excited for them. They get really excited and all the stuff that they do. So I want to encourage you, uh, adults, you may not come for the puppets or the light show or the, the, the Bible story, but come for our students because this is as much an encouragement to our teenagers um, who many of them don't actually come to church because their family doesn't. And so we try to help them get incorporated in church. This is encouragement to them. Because when they come here and there's a bunch of kids down here but no adults, you know, but if there's some adults saying, hey, well, you guys did great, uh, then uh, that's a real encouragement to them. And, and you never know. We may have a future children's evangelist, a future children's pastor, a future missionary that because we did a kids crusade and someone encouraged them in it, they, they go out and lead millions to the, to the Lord. Or at least thousands, maybe not millions. Never know. All right. A couple of other announcements. Um, this Following the AM service this morning, there is a, a nursery meeting uh, for those that are involved in or want to be involved in or the Lord is leading you to be involved in and you've been running from it. Sometimes the Lord calls you and you don't answer, but this is your, this is your, your wake-up call. Uh, but following the service, I'm assuming in here, yeah, just in, down here in the front. Fellowship Hall, okay, in the Fellowship Hall this morning, so uh, if, if you are helping or want to help or uh, need a little push to help with the nursery, um, again, that's a ministry. It's not just babysitting, but it's, it's back here, you know, praying over the kids and, 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 and you know, you, what you share with them, uh, we'll, we'll stick with them. Next Sunday evening is our Memorial Day cookout uh, at 6 o'clock down in the pavilion. So be sure and come out for that. We're going to have a good time eating hamburgers, hot dogs. There is a sign-up sheet out there uh, for side items and different things that, that, we need, that you can bring for that. Desserts, lots of desserts. 
be a good time. Invite somebody to come out to that. That's a good opportunity for you to say, hey, you know, it's not just regular church. They may say, I don't want to go to church. Well, come to our deal. Maybe they'll get to know us and realize we're not really that bad, and they might want to come to church sometimes. So, I mean, honestly, there's been people that have said, I came for the fellowship, but got hooked, and then I wanted to go for church. And so that's a good opportunity. Uh, another, one more announcement. We are having our fish fry fundraiser for missions trip uh, that we're doing. We're going to Eureka Springs, our youth and some adults are going to Eureka Springs uh, to be a part of the Great Passion Play this summer. Uh, they're not only working at the grounds, painting and doing things that need to be done, but they'll also have an opportunity to be in the Great Passion Play uh, at the Friday evening uh, performance of that. And this is, if most of you know, probably I'm sure, but the Great Passion Play is the story of Jesus and his, his uh, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen it, but I do know it's the Easter story about his death and resurrection and, and how his, through his salvation. And many, many, uh, probably I'd say hundreds of thousands of people see this um, every year or so. And so it, it is a great opportunity to minister and for our students. And so we're doing a fish fry to raise funds for it. Tickets are $15. It's all you can eat fish and fries and all the good stuff that go with it. And so uh, we did this last year and we had real great success. Uh, as a fundraiser, so uh, we're going to be selling tickets. It is June 3rd, which I realize is the week after next week. It's one week from Friday. So uh, uh, come out, be a part of that. Also, um, a a as you know, those of you who can do math even better than me, uh, the less we have to buy, the more money we actually raise for our students to be able to go on this trip. So if you're able to uh, help donate part of what we need for the fish fry, uh, that includes potatoes. Uh, beans, we do have uh, bean, just a bag of beans, pinto beans, and uh, even the fish and some of the other stuff that, that we have. There is a sign-up sheet out there if, if you say, I can donate a couple bags of beans or a bag of potatoes, or, or if you want to buy one of our boxes of fish. Um, if you'll see me about that, I can kind of let you know how much our, like a case of fish is. Last year, our fish was all donated. The, we had 75 pounds of fish donated to us from a restaurant that is, well, they're in a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> You know, keep up with it. Actually, Foggy Bottom donated our fish last year, and, well, I hope that's not why they're in trouble. But, <laughs> but they're not donating fish this year. So uh, if, you, if you're able to and would like to help us or maybe just buy half a case of fish or something, we can talk about that. And, but that really helped us out because that, and the less money we had to spend, the more money we make, the more it goes towards sending our students and, and them being able to be a part of what they're doing this summer. So uh, we greatly appreciate your help on that. Um, and also the tickets and coming and eating all you can eat fish and that's literally all you can eat and so let me I, real quick I know I don't want to run too long but last year uh, our fish was donated they said we got 75 pounds of fish um, and they donate to us we cooked I think 74 pounds of fish and we could have cooked all 75 because uh, we had some people come in that that we could have got rid of the other, you know, couple pounds or whatever we had left that we didn't actually cook. God knew exactly how much we needed, and he provided it. Because I thought, I don't know how much we need. Well, they're donating this, so this is what we're going to have. And it was just, I mean, it would have been just perfect. I think we saved a little bit because we weren't sure. It got real slow, and then some more come in. But, but you know, God, God knows, and God moves. And he, you know, God appreciates the work that we do, the work that you do. And, and because we're doing it for our youth. We're doing it for the kids. And so even if you say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll help with it, God's going to bless you for it. And God knows the need, and he's, he knows those that are helping. So um, we do appreciate that. Um, and speaking of giving, if our ushers will come. Thank you, guys. Y'all give our, our puppeteers a hand. 
Uh, we're going to take up our morning tithes and offering this morning. All right. Brother Alan, would you pray over the offering this morning? Amen. Stand up with us this morning. Let's worship the Lord as we give.
hands and multiply, God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again, set me on fire. Sing that again, take all, take all high, having these hands and multiply, God, all that I am and find my heart on altar again set me on fire set me on fire here i am arms wide To the end, you will fulfill your purpose for me. You won't forsake me. You will be with me. Here I am.
Come on, just keep praising Him. Just keep praising. Just keep praising. Just keep praising. Just keep praising. Come on, give Him thanks for the victory. Give Him thanks for the victory today. Thank you, Lord. We're not overcome. We're overcomers. We're not defeated, we're victorious warriors. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Regardless of what my eyes might see, regardless of what my body might feel, regardless of what my mind may think, Lord, we win. We win. We win. It ain't over till you say it's over, Lord. It's not over until you say it's over. We win, Lord. Victory is ours. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Victory over death, hell, and the grave. Victory over every sickness. Victory over every infirmity. Victory over every stiff muscle. Victory over every broken body and broken mind and broken heart. We win, Lord. Thank you for victory, oh God. Thank you for victory, oh God.
<laughs> we win, Lord. Thank you that we win, Lord. Thank you that we win, God. No devil in hell. No weapon formed against us. <laughs> There's victory. There is victory. There is victory. This is our victory song, Lord. Your praise is our victory song. Your praise is our victory song. Praise you, Lord. 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 By the blood, by the empty tomb, by the resurrection. Victory. By the power at work within us, victory. Won't you take some of that victory you've got this morning and just reach over and grab your neighbor by the hand and pray victory into their life. Pray victory over them today. Come on, speak healing. Speak light and not darkness. Come on. You're victorious. Pray like it. You're a winner. Pray like it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for a supernatural manifestation of your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing broken bodies. Thank you, God, for healing broken minds. Thank you, Lord. Victory is ours in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Thank you, Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you're going to lift up a standard against him. Thank you, Lord, that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Thank you for victory, God. Thank you for victory, oh God. Come on, if your earthly language fails, let your heavenly language begin. Come on, when your earthly language fails, let your heavenly language start. Just begin to praise Him in the Holy Ghost. Come on, just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just Don't you dare die down. Don't you dare back off. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. God, but you, 
Not us, God, but you. We didn't earn this victory. We didn't win this victory, God. You won it for us. The price has been paid. The debt has been done. Lord, it's taken care of, and we celebrate you today. Thank you, God, for the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And in Christ alone. In Christ alone. In you alone, God. You're our hope, our trust. You're our faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 I declare this is a faith-filled Sunday. A faith-filled Sunday. This is just the beginning of what God's going to do on this day. You'll remember this day. We'll, we'll think back as we grow older to this day. When the Holy Spirit spoke and said, It's already one. And the faith that we blend together in this room today will be remembered as you go throughout your lives. This is going to be a day filled with faith. Doubt's got to go. Discouragement has got to go. Depression has got to go. Darkness has got to go. Come on, it's time to rise up in faith. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise today. Give him a hand clap of praise today. I want you to turn to your neighbor as you're seated and tell him, I'm ready. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Well, Brother Pastor Gary Dotson would say, you better be ready. God's going to do some stuff today, guys. You don't want to miss... This morning service, Pastor, I'm here, how can I miss it? That means you need to be engaged while you're in the room. You can be here, but not be here. 
Squirrel. <laughs> Don't let anything distract you from the Word of God this morning. You need to hear what God's got to say to you today. The whole day is a focus of faith. I've been praying about this service. I've been praying about this day for weeks and weeks and weeks. The Holy Spirit began to direct me and take me down this path. And, and I thought, Lord, I can't preach about the same topic in the morning service that I'm going to preach about in the evening service. And the Lord said, why can't you? I, I told you to, so why can't you do what I told you to do? You don't want to miss this morning service. You need to be engaged. You need to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to you. But you need to be here tonight as well. This morning is part one of what God wants to accomplish tonight through part two. And I know you say, well, Pastor, I can watch it on, on the computer at home. And, and yes, friend, you can. We live stream every service so that you have the availability to do that. If you have two broken legs and you have pneumonia, <laughs> you're welcome to stay home tonight. But otherwise, you need to be here. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious with you guys. I know I joke and I play and I, I cut up and I'm silly and I understand all that, okay? But I'm being just as heartfelt, serious as I possibly can with you in this moment. You don't want to miss church tonight. God's going to do some great things this morning, but God's going to duplicate that and multiply that tonight in the evening service. And so do not miss it if at all possible. Be sure... Be sure, be sure. Well, you just want us here, Pastor. Yes, I do want you here. I believe it's important for us to, to come together. And I believe after this morning service, you'll understand in even greater depth of why I believe it's important for us to come together. I want to worship the Lord. I want to get into the Word. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to preach to you this morning. And so please, will you blend your hearts and your voices with me one more time and let's give God glory and praise and honor that He truly deserves today. Father, again, we praise You. Lord, one more time we blend together to worship You. God, one more time we rejoice in Your very presence. God, one more time we, we sing Your glory, Your praise, and Your honor. God, there's none before You. There's none like You, God. You're, you're mighty. You're, you're matchless. You're wonderful. You're perfect. You're precious, God, in all Your ways. I thank You for the power of the blood, and I thank You, Lord God, today for the victory that You've guaranteed us in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm excited about what You're about to do. We give You glory. In Jesus' strong and anointed name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap, please. How many are grateful today for family? When I talk about family, generally what I'm talking about is our brothers and sisters in Christ. But thank God today for our Christian family. The, the Word of God teaches us, instructs us that when we give our hearts, our lives over to Jesus Christ, when we ask Him to become our personal Lord and Savior, that, that we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 is that scripture that teaches us that. It says, for we're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. When we accept Jesus Christ to become our personal Lord and Savior, we become sons. And yes, ladies, you become daughters of the Most High God. And here's the really cool deal. Whenever you become a son and a daughter, or, and I'm a son of Almighty God, and, and this lady's a daughter of Almighty God, and this man's a son of Almighty God, what that makes us is brothers and sisters in the faith, right? We become a part of a great, big, ginormous family... Of faith. 
The, the truth is that sometimes we can even be a lot closer to our Christian family, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe than we are even to our own flesh and blood family. Can I, can I get a witness in the room today? There's an old saying that can be traced back to the 12th century that, that I believe many times is, is taken to mean the wrong thing that it that actually wasn't intended for it to say. And that old saying is this, blood is thicker than water. Anybody ever heard somebody say blood is thicker than water? Most of the time when somebody says blood is thicker than water, what they're talking about is brothers and sisters of the flesh. If you're my brother, if, if we're family by birth, then that means the blood that runs through my veins is the same blood that runs through your veins and, and we stick closer together than anybody else. And listen, that's a great thing to have in your life. But here's what I believe the original intention of that word meant. When they quoted to be said as blood is thicker than water, I believe what they're actually saying was the blood of the cross of Calvary is thicker than the water of the womb. Listen, when we're brothers and sisters in Christ, that blood that covers Jesus and ran down the cross that covers me is the same blood that covers you. We're supposed to stick together. We're supposed to have one another's back on a continual basis. How many agree with that today? Hallelujah. See, the, the truth this morning is that our faith family is vast and our faith family is large. We've got brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters of faith that we've never got to meet before, but they're still our brothers and sisters. Amen. They could be on the other side of the world. They could be in Africa. They could be in India. They could be in Mexico. Wherever they're at, if they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, no matter what color their skin is, no matter how much they have or do not have, no matter what their house may look like, they're still my brother, they're still my sister, because we're going to go to heaven together one day. We have the same Heavenly Father. I believe that no matter the label over the door, no matter the denomination, no matter what their doctrinal beliefs are, if they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if they put their confidence and their faith in Him, then friend, that makes them our brothers and that makes them our sisters. And I believe God's plan and God's provision for this family of faith is that we would stand together and not stand apart. Psalms 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hear your pastor this morning. I think it's time for the church of the world to arise. I think it's time for the church to get past our uh, denominational boundaries. I think it's time for the church to get past our, our doctrinal issues. I don't care if it says Baptist over their door. I, I had the most engaging conversation this past week with a gentleman who, claimed, who declared himself as a Church of Christ brother. Listen, he believes in the blood of the Lamb of Almighty God. I don't care what church building he may go to. We're going to heaven. That's the ultimate destination. It's time for the church to get together. Because i got to tell you, the devil is certainly rallying his forces. The devil's working overtime to get all of the, the corruption in the world to, 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 to come against God's people all at the same place and all at the same time. What would it look like if the church made the decision to unite together in unity and faith? I believe God's calling us to come together, to stand together in a place of unity and faith, not only in a, in a great big worldwide church, but also in the localized church as well.
I believe God's calling us to be a place where men and women stand together in agreement. A place where men and women begin to stand beside one another regardless of doctrine or denomination or whether they are a part of this particular school or a part of that particular school or whether their background came from another church doctrine or background. Listen, imagine the change and the impact that could be made on the United States of America. If the church would come together in unity. Imagine the impact on the state of Oklahoma if the church could come together in a place of unity. Imagine the impact on Carter County if the church could come together in a place of unity. Imagine the impact on Lone Grove, Oklahoma if the church could come together in a place of unity. I believe it's time for the sleeping giant called the church to wake up, to rise up, and to stand united together in faith. Find your Bibles if you would. We're going to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I want to talk to you this morning about having a unity of faith. Poke your neighbor and tell him, I'm with you. I'm with you, did you? I'm with you. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. The Bible says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Verse 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were encircled for seven days. Let's pray. Father... Thank you so much right now for your word. God, thank you for what you're about to do in this room today. God, thank you for the, the faith, the seed that you planted and parted in each and every one of us. God, may our faith grow. And God, may it become even stronger as we blend it together with a brother or sister in Christ. God, as we unite in faith, God, may we see the miracles and the signs and wonders we've been praying for. God, may we see this, this nation come back to being one nation under God. God, as we unite together in faith, may we see the, the churches filled up regardless of the labels over the doors. God, as we unite together in faith, may miraculous healings take place and your spirit be poured out, God, in a fresh way as we unite together in faith. Lord, leave nothing out today, please, that you want to do. God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, would you please give the Lord another hand clap with me today? I believe that the calling of the church and I believe the calling of the man of God, the woman of God, is to be people of faith. I think that's the, the instruction. I think that's the leading, the guidance, the direction of the, the, the body of, of Christ, especially in these last days as we go about living in these last days. I must confess before you that, that, that what I see in operation many times in, in many churches and in many places and quite honestly in people who claim to be Christians is a whole lot more doubt and confusion than a function of faith in their lives. Jesus said when the Son of Man returns, will He truly find faith on the earth? Listen, I believe He's coming back for a faith-filled people. He's coming back for a faith-filled church and I want to be one of them. How about you today? See, the truth is the Word of God calls you and I to live by faith. Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. The Word says we're supposed to walk our daily walk by faith. First, or 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
And the Bible even teaches you and I that without faith, it's impossible to even please God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Throughout the Word of God, we see example after example after example after example of men and women of God that we would know and recognize as being great men and women of God. And the one thing they all had in common, they were all people of faith. In fact, if you were to go back in and begin to read here in Hebrews chapter 11 at the beginning of that chapter, verse 3, you'd see that by faith we understand. Verse 4 says, by faith, Abel. Verse, verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah. Verse 13, and they all died in faith. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham. He gets mentioned twice. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, Moses. Come on, he gets mentioned twice too. Glory. Wouldn't you like to have your name written down twice by faith? Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea. And verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Come on, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. They all lived by faith. They all obtained a good testimony by faith. Through faith they accomplished amazing things. And it was all made possible by faith. Can I tell you today, church family, that the will of God for you and I to be people of faith has never stopped. The plan of God for you and I to be people who function in faith on a daily basis has never ended. Uh, through the name of Jesus Christ, through faith, the impossible becomes possible. How many want to see impossible things become possible today? The fact is, church, when we combine our faith with somebody else's faith, I believe we can take our faith to a whole different level. When we unite together with faith with someone else, I believe the impossible things become possible. When we combine our faith with a brother or a sister in Christ, I believe that it puts the devil on notice and it puts the devil on the run. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 8 says, Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred shall put ten thousand to flight. Imagine what happens when five faith-filled people get together and begin to pray about something. Oh, but come on, Jesus said that it only takes two of us standing in agreement. And we can see miracles and signs and wonders. Come on, it's time to unite together with somebody in faith. I said it a few moments ago, friend, this works on a church-to-church -church level. Imagine what happens when we unite our faith together with the other churches here in Long Grove, Oklahoma. Imagine what happens when we stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side with a brother or sister in Christ from the Baptist church down the road, or the Church of Christ down the road, or the Pentecostal holiness down the road. When we say, listen, you're my brother, I don't care what the, the label is over your door, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and we begin to pray about things going on. Listen, the pothouses are going to close down. The bars are going to shut up. I got a brother that we stand in agreement every time we drive out of this church or we drive up and down Highway 70, the marijuana dispensary store across the road from the church had not to be in this place. And every time we drive by, I'll reach a hand that direction and say, Lord, shut it down, bankrupt them, put them out of business. I don't care what it takes, but Lord, no more lights of distraction going on in the service. 
Unity of faith. Drives by that bar down the road. Says, Lord, shut it down. And that's not just Long Grove Assembly of God, folks, but that can be the people from the Baptist church driving by and saying, Lord, they may not lift their hand to do it, but that's okay. I ain't making fun of them. They may not believe in the laying on or the lifting of thereof hands, but, but the fact of the matter is, they've got the same faith available to them that I do. They've got the same blood available to them that I do. Man, when the churches unite together, we're going to see a difference made through a unity of faith such as would, would rock this, this community and set it on its ear and, and wake it up and be a, a miraculous signs and miracles and revival that actually comes to Long Grove and stays in Long Grove. All because of unity of faith. But how many understand this works on a person-by-person level as well? Imagine what would happen if you began to unite your faith together with the brothers and sisters in Christ that are sitting around you just in this room here today. Imagine the souls that would be saved. Imagine the healings that would take place. Imagine the marriages that would be restored all through a unity of faith just by the people around you in this room this morning. Far too many people have this mixed up idea that they can do it on their own. I, I lived with the, with the ideology and the thought in my mind, if I'm working on something, I'd rather do it by myself. Just stay out of my way. I do it myself. One of the most childish, stupid things that I could ever think to or ask about to do myself uh, was, was try to do something on my own when help was available to me. I've been working on a project around my house this past week. I told you, man, I hurt here and I hurt. Uh, I, anyway, I hurt. <laughs> Finally, uh, Saturday, Vonda is out of school and she's home with me and I'm in the midst of something and I got stuff sliding down the walls and tiles going every direction and I'm hollering, honey, get in here and help me right now. I need some help. You know, sometimes we act that way when it comes to spiritual matters as well. Sometimes we act that way when it comes to issues of faith as well. Well, I can handle this on my own. Listen, I don't care how super spiritual you may be. I don't care what a superhero of faith you may think you are. Friend, when you combine your faith with somebody else, I'm telling you, it takes it to a brand new level. It takes it to a brand new place. And the things that were impossible at one time become possible because you joined together. I mean, remember this guy. Even, yeah. Some of you watched it in black and white. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. And as I wrote those words on my paper, I realized there's more than just Tonto in the picture. The Lone Ranger didn't just have Tonto, but he had high hole silver in a way as well. He was riding on the back of that horse who was helping him every step of the way. He had a sidekick to come along beside of him. And listen, the Lone Ranger a lot of times was the sidekick for Tonto. We need one another. Can you hear me today clearly and loud enough? We need to blend our faith with somebody else. Do you realize that when Jesus sent out his disciples, he didn't say, okay, John, you're going to go here. Oh, okay, uh, Timothy, you're going to, or excuse me, uh, okay, Luke, you're going to go over here. Uh, I've got an assignment for you and I've got an assignment for you. He sent them out two by two. Right. 
Because he knew that if they had somebody to stand shoulder to shoulder with them, they would have faith to combine together and blend it to do amazing things in the Lord. Friend, I want you to understand today, we, when we blend our faith together, can do amazing things for the Lord. There's some things I want to share with you this morning about unity of faith. And the very first thing that happens is this. I believe we can overcome fear. Overcome fear. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. How many understand that fear is a defeater today? How many understand fear is an enemy today? I said it Wednesday night, I'll say it again. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. If fear doesn't come from God, church, you don't need it in your life. We're all very familiar with this story about how the children of Israel had had left the Egyptian captivity, they'd left their bondage, and, but now Pharaoh had changed his mind and had, had sent an army to pursue them and to destroy them. The Bible says that when they saw them coming, that they were filled with fear. Uh, Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And so they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Here they have the sea on one side of them, and they've got an Egyptian army marching down their neck on the other side of them. And the Bible says they looked up and they saw these Yahoos coming after them. And the Bible says that they were filled with fear. But the Bible says they went ahead and passed through anyhow. The Bible says they passed through anyhow. Can you imagine being that first old boy? I'm going to go. I'm going to walk through. I'm going to walk through this dry sea. And then about halfway through it, he's looking back to the crowd that's standing there going, Hey, did Charlie die? Hey, did that... Girls, that's a shark. Hey, did that shark come through the wall and get him? Did a sharknado happen? Charlie... It's about halfway through that dry ground. He looks back at him and he says, Hey, come on in. Them sharks can only go so far and the drowned really is dry. Come on. Don't be afraid. I made it this far. Y'all know we got a lot to be afraid of right now today, right? And, and not only do we have a lot to be afraid of, but, but there's people who would really like to stir us up and keep us afraid all the stinking time. The latest hit to come down the turnpike is monkeypox. Glory to God. I ain't been around no monkeys. I ain't expecting no pox. How about you? Monkeypox. Oh, it's a serious situation, and we need to be alert of what's going on. And... You know, I'm sure that there's some people that are very sick according to, uh, to, to what they're saying. I'm sure there's some people who have some kind of a, a, a pox type disease or some sickness that's attached to their body. I don't doubt that. I don't diminish that. I'm not going to, to, to make light of that. But I do want you to understand that the Lord our God is a healer of all things. I preached this sermon right before COVID came to our nation and struck us down and we ended up having to shut the doors and I talked about having faith over fear, right? Remember that? 
We have a choice, friend. We can either walk around all the time with one of those hazmat suits on. Or we can walk by faith and not by sight. Doesn't mean that we kick our brain out of gear. It doesn't mean we don't use common sense. It doesn't mean we don't do logical things. Yes, wash your stinking hands after you touch the monkey. What if we to fear? Sometimes we're afraid of being afraid. Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to be afraid because that makes my faith look bad. I, listen, there's some things that rise up within us and, and cause us to be afraid. Don't be afraid of having fear. That just adds to it, right? When you feel the guilt, the con- condemnation, the shame for, for having fear to rise up in your life, friend, it's not something to add to the, the, the severity of the, the lack of faith that's coming out of you. It's, it's a time to get under control. Listen, how do those guys jump out of those airplanes? They use a parachute. Boy, that's really good. Bless God, they don't sprout wings and fly to the ground. they got to be terrified. Don't you know they're terrified? (laughs) Y'all ain't helping me preach today at all. They get their fear under control. (laughs) Before Jesus went to the Calvary and hung on that cross, His prayer to His Father was, Lord, if, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. You, I know you say, well, He's Jesus. He wasn't afraid of nothing. Jesus did not want to go to the cross of Calvary. Or He wouldn't have prayed to the Father and said, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus brought it under control and said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. He got His apprehension. He got His moment under control and said, Lord... I can do this because you're with me and you'll never leave me or forsake me. Unity of faith. That first old boy that walked through and said, Hey, water's water's staying where it's at. Come on through. Them sharks, they're staying where they're at. Come on through. That ground, it's dry. Come on through. Those people walked through on dry ground together. The Bible says they passed through. They... Pass through. Friend, I want you to understand something this morning. If you were to take a survey and walk around this room and talk to the people that are here today, I bet you would come to a quick understanding that there's probably somebody here this morning that's been through what you're afraid of right now. They've already walked through that dry sea. They've already walked through that that sharknado. They've already walked through that problem that that you're so apprehensive about, that you're so frightened by. They've already been there and done that and got the t-shirt. That's why it's so critical and that's why it's so important for us to join our faith together with somebody else that's already walked through on dry ground so that we can say, you know what? I I, want to link arms with you. I want to stand in faith with you and overcome the fear that's trying to stop me and keep me back here where Pharaoh can devour me. I want to walk through on dry ground. 
What happens from a unity of faith? I believe that, that through a unity of faith we can overcome fear. I believe another thing that happens because of a unity of faith is this. I believe that it gives us the ability to bind and to loose. If you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said, Assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. He's here in the midst of us today. The Word declares that whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever's loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, where two agree concerning anything, it'll be done for them. What that tells me is, is that when two faith-filled people get together, anything becomes possible. They're stronger when they stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side. The illustration I have for this is simply this. You might put a good whooping on me one day, but you can't whoop me and my big brother too. I'm from North Tulsa and we kind of fight that way. If you're going to fight me, you better look out because there's somebody standing beside of me that's going to sucker punch you as you're coming after me. Boy, y'all are tough today. Oh, pastor, that's horrible. Oh, pastor, that's terrible. I can't believe you'd even say something like that from behind the pulpit. Well, friend, I want you to first of all understand it's a biblical principle. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You might whip me, but you ain't going to whip me and my big brother too. He's getting fluffy and old, but he can still stand up and take my part. Together, we can bind Satan away from our church. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Together, you can bind Satan away from your home and your family. Together, you can bind Satan away from your health and your finances. Together, you can bind the enemy away from our nation. By having unity and faith, you can bind the very devil himself away from this church and away from your family. Not only can we bind, but we can lose some things too. Together, we can lose God's blessing and God's provision. Together, we can lose the anointing and the understanding of the Word of God. Together, we can lose healing and wholeness. All by having unity of faith, we can bind the enemy and we can loose the blessings of Almighty God. I find my example of my illustration in the book of Acts. Peter had been arrested there in Acts chapter 12, but the church had united together and began to pray for him. They had a unity of faith. They came together and stood shoulder to shoulder. And in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 7, the Bible says that Peter therefore was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, by, as Peter was sleeping, bound between two chains, between two soldiers, and the guards at the door were keeping the prison, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and struck and the angel struck Peter in the side and raised him up, saying, Hey, Bubba, wake up! Arise quickly, and his chains fell off of his hand. Now get a hold of this. Peter was in prison. How many reckon Peter wanted to be there? 
I'm thinking the answer is no. Let me help you. No. Peter didn't want to be in prison. And the church knew that Peter didn't want to be in prison. And so what they do? They linked arms. They came together in unity. And they began to pray for Brother Peter in prison. And the Bible says that an angel of the Lord showed up. Peter was chill about it, right? He was sleeping. What you going to do to me, Herod? Who do you think you are that you can mess with me, Bubba? There's nothing that you can, there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. He was functioning in faith, and now the church links their faith with his faith, and they link their faith together, and the Bible says that the chains that were on him fell off. The door swung open, and he was let go, all because of a unity of faith. Begin to think this morning of all that God can do through you and a brother or a sister in Christ when you'll stand together in a unity of faith. Imagine how the enemy will be bound away from your homes or family, how God's blessing and provision can be loosed. Listen, all because you join together in unity with a brother or a sister in Christ sitting around you in this room today. What is it in your life today that needs to be bound? Think about that. What is it in your life that you would say, man, I just need somebody who will agree with me that this will be bound away from my home. I need somebody to agree with me that it will be bound off of my life. I need somebody who will agree with me that the blessings of God will be loosed over my life. Oh, pastor, I can pray by myself. Friend, you absolutely are welcome to pray by yourself. And I believe your faith-filled prayers in the name of Jesus will make a difference. But when you begin to pray in agreement with somebody else, listen, there's muscle behind that. Jesus said we're to agree. What happens with the unity of faith? You can bind, you can loose, and you can finish. Back me up. I didn't want to go that far. I'm saving that one. There it is. Glory. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. And they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Can you imagine? Jesus said if we have faith like a mustard seed, mountains can be moved. These people united together in faith. And those walls, those impenetrable, (laughs) unbreakable walls. And, and you guys know the story. I, I'm not teaching anything new today. The, the Bible teaches us that the walls didn't fall like this. The walls didn't fall like that. The walls went straight down into the ground. Amen. As if the hand of Almighty God went... Amen. Get out of here. It's an incredible story. A familiar story. But what I read as I read this story is really the story of what happens when people have a unity of faith and will stand together. The Lord instructed them, go take that city. Whoa, Shazam, what? Go take that city. The Lord instructed them exactly how they were going to do it, exactly where they were going to do it, exactly how long it was going to take to do it, and they had a unity in faith and obeyed the Lord. They worked together by faith to finish the work that the Lord had laid out before them to do. The people marched around the walls for seven days. They shouted with a great shout, and they finished the work. 
Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat. Uh, then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They shouted with a great shout. They whimpered with a timid whimper. They shouted with a great shout. What did they shout, Pastor? I don't know. I wasn't there. I'd have sure been cool to have been there. We can do this. To God be the glory. This city is ours because God said it was ours. What did they shout? I don't know. But they had someone standing beside of them, linking arms in faith to shout together. Hmm. They had unity and faith as they marched. They had unity and faith when they shouted. They had unity and faith when they worked together. They had unity and faith. And because of that, they were able to finish what God had called them to do. Church, I want you to understand these last days, God's calling us to some mighty big things. Ever so often, I try to reinstate the vision that God's placed in my heart eight years ago before I came to be your pastor. It's always been my heart for every church I've ever pastored. I believe God has called the church to be a lighthouse for the lost. Uh, a place where, where it sends out a beacon of hope, uh, uh, a ray to those that are lost and undone. There's a place for you to come where you'll be accepted just as you are. You don't have to put on your, your fancy clothes. You don't have to, uh, to clean up. You, you just come to the Lord as you are, and the Lord will clean you up after that. God's called us to be a lighthouse for the lost. He's called us to be a hospital for the hurting. That means whatever need, whether it be physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, whatever healing you need, whatever hurt there is, there's a place of healing at Long Grove Assembly of God. There's a people who want to minister healing to you. Friend, it's going to take unity of faith to be a lighthouse, and it's going to take unity of faith to be a hospital, and it's going to take unity of faith to be a place of the flow of the river of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. We've got to have these things in operation. We cannot minimize the flow and the power of the Holy Spirit in these last days. We don't need less of the Holy Ghost in operation. We need more. We need to bring together a sense of facilitation where people know they have freedom and they have liberty to flow and operate in the function and the gift of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Well, Pastor, what happens if you get some cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Some uh, a granola bar Christian that comes in there. You know what a granola bar Christian is, right? They're, they're full of fruits and nuts and flakes. Anyway. What if you get some, some cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that, that thinks they're all spiritual and they want to do all these spiritual gifts? I made a promise to that little lady sitting right back there. I got a phone call on a Saturday. Linda, I thought about this the other day. Before I became to be your pastor, Linda called me. She was on the pulpit committee. She called and she said, Pastor, I got a question for you. And I said, okay, Miss Linda, what's that? And she said, what would you do if there was some person that was using a spiritual gift out of order? If there was something that wasn't just quite right? And I said, well, Miss Linda, I want you to understand something. This ain't my first rodeo. 
And it wouldn't be the first time that I'd encountered somebody that thought that they were a, a spiritual superhero. And, and it wouldn't be any problem for me at all to call them aside and call them down and, and bring correction because I'm the pastor. And, and I believe there's, there's such a thing as authority. And she said, you know what? You people sound like you're my kind of people. I'll never forget that, Miss Linda. I never, never will forget. You probably did, but I haven't forgot it. I promise you as your pastor, if something gets out of control, I'll handle it. I promise you as your pastor, I have the wherewithal enough to stand up if if I know that something is, is not right and call it out for what it is. But I do promise you this as well. I believe we need to create a place where people feel comfortable in using the gifts that God has given to them. We have criticized, we have humiliated, we have put people on the back burner for too long for functioning in what God has given to them. We don't need to shove them in a room back in the back of the church someplace. We need to allow them to flow in what God has given to them, church. See, all of these things become possible when the church and the people of God will stand together in a unity of faith. We link arms together. The the truth is, there's far too many things that need to happen for one person to have enough faith to cover all of it on their own. Oh, I know you say, well, pastor, I've got faith to move mountains. Surely I've got faith to do that. Friend, come on. If we'll just come together and stand in agreement. Imagine. See, the truth is, I got ahead in my slides. The truth is, sometimes we need somebody to come along and flip us back up on our feet. Give him a minute. Have you ever felt like that turtle? Man, I'm just... (laughs) Lord, I'm going in circles. I can't get my feet back underneath of me. Lord, I need somebody to come along and give me a shove. Y'all get tired of hearing me talk about my wife, but she's always been this right here for me. Pow! (laughs) She's always been the swift kick in the seat of the britches that I need. There's times when I'm on my back like that turtle flopping around, and I don't know what to do or how to do it. And she'll come along beside of me and say, has God ever let us down before? Has God ever disappointed us before? Has God ever abandoned us? Has He ever let you completely drown? And she gets underneath of me and gives me something to push off of and get back where I can paddle again. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Some of you need to watch some kids' cartoons. Who's your other turtle? Boy, that's kind of deep theology there, isn't it? You need a turtle. In fact, what I see in the picture is they needed a bunch of turtles. We're each other's turtles, guys. We need one another. Because there's things that we have to finish in these last days. Jesus is coming. We've got so much to do and we've got so little time to do it in. We've got to have one another. 
We've got to have unity of faith. Sister Julie, would you come today, please? Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for, for your focus. Thank you for allowing me to share my heart. I think the enemy works overtime to bring division. I, I think he works... He works constantly. There's a battlefield. Miss Myers wrote this book about the battlefield of the mind. Yep. If you've never read it, you need never read it, you need to read it. Yep. There's a battlefield that goes on between your ears constantly. Yes. I'm all alone. I don't have any help. There's nobody beside me. There's nobody to help me. There, there's nobody that, that loves me. There's nobody that cares about me. And all these little voices just yap, 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 yap. I'm out here swimming around in this circle all by myself. There's nobody to help me. Well, how could I ask somebody in that place to help me? They don't even like me. Nope, they didn't even shake my hand. They don't talk to me. I'm not a part of them. I'm not a part of their clique. Cliques destroy churches. They destroy churches. We can't have West Assembly and East Assembly and North Assembly and South Assembly. We've got to be God's people. We can't be the Baptist Church and the Assembly Church and the Methodist Church and the Catholic Church. We've got to be God's people. But we have all these little thoughts that run around our mind. And we don't address any of it because we're afraid, you know, if I, if I open up this can of worms and somebody's going to be offended and, and I'm going to run somebody off. I got news for you as your pastor today. If you let little monsters grow up, they'll become great big monsters and they'll bite you in a rump. Oh. How do you know that, preacher? Got the t-shirt. I've had so many little monsters that grew up into great big monsters that ended up just eating me up. And I don't know how you guys, whoo, this is bury your heart Sunday, preacher. Come on with it. I don't know how you guys work, but generally, once upon a time in my life, I had the shortest fuse, and all it took was you looking at me cross-eyed, and I was ready to throw down. But God's kind of worked on that some. But the only way that I can really describe the way He's worked on it for me is He's just given me a longer fuse. And it happens, and it happens and it happens and you're offended by it and you're hurt by it and you're discouraged by it and you're disappointed by it and you're hurt by it and you're discouraged by it and you're disappointed by it and you're afraid of it and you're afraid of it and you're afraid of it and so you just let that fuse continue to burn and you let that fuse continue to burn until you get to the place where you just go blue and you blow up on somebody and you know what the really messed up part about all that is? Generally, the person you blow up on is not the person who's been cutting your fuse down. My escape goat is my wife. I get mad and I get mad and I get disappointed and I get disappointed. And so who do I, who do I throw up all my junk on? Von Decay. That's wrong. But here's a deal that I, I recognize and I realize as I try to grow and I try to mature and, and I try to be the man of God that God wants me to be. 
Man, if I just link arms with her to begin with, or I'd link arms with a brother or sister in Christ to begin with, I can have faith to see those little problems that keep burning the fuse. And see those little monsters take care of before they become monsters. Why didn't you just say this to begin with, Pastor? You preach for an hour. I mean, come on, dude. The Holy Spirit didn't tell me to say that a minute ago. He told me to say it now. What happens? What's it look like when the church would stand together in faith? What happens and what's it look like when women, our ladies of our church, would join together and unite and say, let's pray about this and see something happen. We had our men's breakfast yesterday. It was an outstanding meal. Uh, Brother Bob brought a, a great testimony of what God had done in his life. And we had a great time in the Lord with those men. But it's got to be more than just coming together in a devotion. We've got to know, man, when my back's against the wall, I've got some brothers in Christ that I can cry out to. Dude, I need you right now. And I'll take you to another level. You need people of faith that will unite together with you that you don't have to tell your whole story to. Well, let me tell you my dirty laundry. I mean, uh, my, my dogs run off with the chickens. and Cow started giving sour milk. I'm going to close here in a little bit, really. You know what I learned a long time ago? You can't tell everybody everything. My mama used to tell me all the time, son, if you tell everybody everything you know, they're going to be twice as smart as you are. She's right. She's right. She is one smart, smart lady. And what I came to understand is that when I would share things with people and ask them to pray about it, I might get past it and I might get over it, but they don't. Here's good advice, young married couples. Don't call your mama and say, Mama, he don't do nothing but sit on the couch and play video games all day long. Because here's the deal. You and him may work that out, but mama, mama still got it right here. That boy don't do nothing but sit around on the couch all day and play video games. You need people you can call and say, hey, I just need you to pray. I just need you to pray with me right now in agreement. What do you need me to pray about? You don't need to know what to pray about. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. What's that look like? What's it look like when the church unites together in faith? What becomes possible when the church unites together in faith? I want to know. I want to see it. See, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to see the goodness of God poured out. He can do it right here, right now. Stand with me today, please.
If you're in this room and you need Jesus to save your soul, would you lift your hand so I can pray with you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Pastor, I need Jesus to become my Savior. Anyone? Just lift your hand. I'll pray with you. I'm doing the altar call a little different today, y'all. <laughs> the service has been a little different today. I asked you to focus, and that's what you did. I, I guess I need to say thank you, Jesus. So here's where I take this altar call today. If you lifted your hand saying you need salvation, come. I'll meet with you in the altar. I'll pray with you. That's great. But what I'm going to ask you to do today is... Gerald, can you go back to about the second or third picture of Tonto and the guy in the mask? I'm going to go ask you to, to go find somebody. Because even the Lone Ranger and Tonto needed one another. And they sure needed that horse. And so if a couple of you team up, that's great. If three of you team up, that's fine. Four or five of you team up. What did the Lord say? Ten thousand. You need somebody who will unite together with you in faith. And if that means coming to the front of this church and agreeing with somebody, great. If that means you get out of your comfort zone and you go to somebody and say, listen, would you join together with me today in faith? Then great. But everybody needs somebody. That's the altar call. Will you go? God bless you as you pray. When I walk through deep waters, I know that you will be with me. When I'm standing in the fire, I will not be
and you're my strength, you're my defender, you're my refuge in the storm. And through these trials, you've always been faithful.
You will go. 
Hallelujah. Y'all love on that man. Y'all love on that man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's what a unity of faith will do. It's what a unity of faith looks like. Father, walk with us this day. Lord, may we stand strong beside one another. God, may we come along beside and flip each other back up on their feet. God, I pray, walk with us this day. Bring us back tonight, Lord. May we enter the battlefield. Lord, fight the good fight of faith. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. Please, I want to see you tonight.